0: Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Today, uh, we're going to continue in Timothy chapter 4, uh, but I wanted to get to chapter 4 so bad because I thought not only is it just great for us to learn for everybody in here today, but I thought it's got some great advice for dads, and so we're going to tear that apart and, and get into it, so you'll have something to take with you as well. And so if you go ahead and turn it into 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, and, and, and let me just start out with saying excuses. We all have excuses, every one of us. Some of us think we're not old enough. Some thinks we're too old. Some thinks we're not uh, smart enough. Some thinks we're, you know, (laughs) we didn't have the training we need. But we all have these different things that we go through. Paul is writing to a very young pastor, and he's giving him advice. And basically what Paul's telling him, he's saying, don't let people look down on you just because you're age. Don't let age be an excuse. Don't let that be the variable of whether you do something for me or, or against me. Don't, don't let age be a, a factor. And, and then he told him this, I want you to remember this, that people are always watching you. And so I had a few different titles. I settled on this one, Lead Well. But I, first my, my thought when I was looking at titles, I thought I wanted a title, Someone's always. I always feel like someone's always watching you. Because <laughs> I'm an 80s child and I remember that song. I always feel like somebody's watching you you know? Um, and then I thought, monkey see, monkey do. And I thought people might be offended. I don't know why. But we went with lead well. So, so here's what I'm telling you. Whether you are a father here, whether you're a believer in here, a follower of Christ, I believe God's voice to you is lead well. It's, it, he, people are watching you. In fact, everybody's watching you. Some, and for our kids, for us dads, you, you better believe they're watching you. They're, they're, they're doing things that you do. They're putting on your shoes. They're walking like you. They want to act like you. They want to dress like you. I had some very uh, embarrassing photos of my kids that I chose not to do so they would continue coming to church, but I thought it would be great to throw up there because they used to try to dress up like me in my clothes and uh, way too big big for them. I have a picture of Michaela where she put on my full gray suit one day <laughs> right after church after I'd taken it off. It's adorable to us. She doesn't think so, so much. Uh, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gives him a great advice before he even gets into 1 Timothy chapter 4. And he says this, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. He's saying this, you need to watch me and watch what I do and follow me. And so the best advice I can give you you men is just remember this, that people are watching you and they're following your example. In fact, you got to remember this, kids are great imitators, they're not so great at following directions. But they will do what you do every time. Let that seep in for a little bit. Because that's what they do. Kids are great imitators and they're gonna watch what you do. First Corinthians chapter four, we're gonna begin right at verse one. It says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times or the last days, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teaching that come from demons, and these people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciousness are, sear- are dead, are seared. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by thankful people who know the truth. It says, everything God created is good. We should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know that it is made acceptable by the word of God in prayer. The very first thing, if you're taking notes, you can write this, is be careful who you follow. Who you follow, you give influence over your life. This is important. I don't care what stage of life you are in, where you are. Be careful who you follow. As you get older, we look at our kids and we see their friends that are hanging around and we're like, they're headed in a bad direction. But we don't see who we follow and what we listen to as destructive because we're older and wiser. So we take in everything we read and we take in everything we see on TV and we take it in and let it become a part of who we are and then we start believing things that, that here's the problem is counter to what the scriptures say. And we're just as guilty. In fact, here, here's what I've learned in time is that if I struggle with a sin you struggle with, I'm compassionate. But if you struggle with a sin I don't struggle with, then I'm judgmental. Right? Right? So, if I struggle with talking with everybody, which I don't, uh, and because I don't, but you struggle with that, then I'm like, you gossiping little stinker, why you always got to talk about people, makes me aggravated because I don't have any compassion towards that. Now, if you struggle with getting behind people and getting angry who drive slow, I'm your huckleberry, you know? (laughs) I want to get somewhere and get somewhere fast. I'm not a patient person. I, when I, and the funny thing is, is that I'm the guy who leaves way early enough to get there ahead of time, but I'm still going too slow. I don't, I don't leave a last minute and speed behind everybody. I leave early and speed behind everybody. I'm terrible. The Lord's working on me. I'm a process. <laughs> I, I really am, but, but that's the thing about it. We're compassionate where we struggle, uh, when, when people struggle where we struggle. We're not so compassionate with other people. But we've got to remember we're an example. Who we follow and what we follow, people are following us. It all lines up. We've got to be careful who we follow, who influences, who is your influencer. It says some will turn away uh, from following deceptive spirits and teaching. The, they'll turn to what? Something that's easier to follow. We'll look for a modified version of Christianity because we don't want something too difficult or too easy. We want something comfortable. So we'll modify, water down what we know the scriptures say and, and, and decide it means something else for us so that we can have an easier version to follow that's more suitable to what we want. We see it all the time. We will size up certain issues and we'll make allowances and we'll make excuses of why it's okay for us and not for somebody else, all because of the way we view it. And we're trying to make it easier. And so that's what happens. And then what happens when we back off of it? It says their consciousness is dead. They're, they're no longer convicted. They no longer feel bad. They don't know the difference between right and wrong because they've decided what's right and they don't feel convicted anymore. Here, here, here's what we do. It's like having a pain. That, that pain lets me know in my tooth, if I have a, uh, if I have a toothache, that I have probably something going on. I have gingivitis, or worse, a cavity, or I have an infected root or something. I have all this stuff going on, but the pain tells me it's there. What we do is we numb it down so we don't feel the pain and we decide everything's okay. And because we don't feel anything, nothing's wrong. So if you don't deal with the problem, then you, and you just keep numbing it, after a while you ignore the problem until it becomes beyond repair. And so in life, what we do is our conscience becomes dead because we numb it down and we, we water it down so much that we no longer feel bad about it, so then we don't feel bad about anything, and so we don't feel conviction. And so with that consciousness, that thing that the Lord put in us to, to make us aware of sin and to make us aware that we're on the wrong path or to make us aware that we need to change direction, we water it down till we don't feel that pain anymore until all of a sudden we're numb and our consciousness is dead. That's so why Paul later on has to say another quote that he says, that's one of my favorites, and it says, my conscience is clear, but that's not what makes me innocent. It's the Lord who judges me. So just because my conscience all of a sudden is seared in my consciousness, no, I don't feel guilty of it anymore, which is what happens with a lot of things that the Bible causes sin, and other people call, what does it matter, they're not hurting anybody, all, all of a sudden, they justify it. All of a sudden, I don't feel bad about it. Why do, if, it's not, if I don't feel bad about it, it can't be sin. Later on, it says, my conscience is clear. That doesn't make me innocent. I've got to realize what the scriptures say, what judges me. And so it's knowing that. This happens when we stop listening to the Holy Spirit. And so men, fathers, dad, let me tell you, the very first thing you've got to remember is continue to allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit, following the direction, because the Holy Spirit will never lead you astray. We know we're supposed to eat healthy, right, and balanced. Spiritually, it's the same way. We know we're supposed to take in what's healthy and what's balanced and what's right for us. Verse 7 goes on. It says, do not waste time arguing. <laughs> Man, we could solve a lot of conversations right there. Over godless ideas that are uh, old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is, or uh, uh, training for godliness, godliness, I want to make sure I say that right, is much better. Promising the benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard to, and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Here's what we need to remember. Be wise with our time and our training. The most valuable thing you can give to your family to give to those people that mean the most to you is your time. It's the one thing that once you spend, you'll never get it back. So if you spend it poorly, you'll never get it back. You gotta be wise with your time. Dads, let me just tell you this. If you come home tired and exhausted, frustrated from a long day, irritated, and you just want to be left alone, and that little baby comes and tries to sit on your lap and you're like, can you take the kids? I've had a bad day. And you keep shunning them away and pushing them away and pushing them away, then later on as they get older and they become teenagers, you can't get mad that they don't want to tell you anything and spend time with you and, and do things with you because for all their time of their development, as they were young, you have pushed them away. And then when it's convenient, you want a relationship with them because you've gotten older, you've gotten wiser, and it's too late. You've got to start when it's young building that relationship. You've got to start when it's young. You can't waste your time right now. In fact, we give our jobs our, the best of us. We work overtime giving the best of us, and then we come home and we give our family our leftovers. Exhausted, tired, irritated, and we're like, this is all I have left. Don't take vacations, don't spend time off because we're so busy and consumed with making the living, getting ahead, trying to get ahead of every bill, trying to buy things we don't need. Started earlier on, not because I was wise, but because I had some great mentors in my life saying, make sure you spend time with your family. So I took my girls on dates. (laughs) uh, it, It was fun to watch them dress up. Michaela was always just athletic shorts and tennis shoes. Madison had plastic high heels, dress, kid makeup, and she was ready to go. We went somewhere fancy like Steak and Shake because <laughs> that's how we do. You know, That's what we did. We, it, was, it was fun. I, I, I have a great cute little picture of her and I going out after a movie with our uh, movie glasses on, and we popped the lenses out, and we're at Hardee's just sitting there, just her and I. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. We spent time uh with with josh when he was younger uh Sandra, i remember one valentine's we decided to do something different i took the girls out and she took josh out uh, it, it, it's that whole idea of, of doing it when they're little because you're building relationships now so that they'll want it when they're later because if you don't build influence and you don't build relationships when it matters the most during their development years someone else will Someone else is already developing their thought process. In fact, as we were learning, cause you know, I was raised in a first generation that was raised in front of a TV. My parents both worked, dad worked at night, he slept when we came home, you don't make a noise, so you gotta be real quiet, cause if you wake dad up, you better run, <laughs> or blame it on your brother, you know, cause that's, you know. <laughs> but mom wouldn't get home to five, so we would come home, we would sit in front of the TV, we would watch TV. As we got older, we learned that that wasn't the wise thing to do because uh, Nickelodeon, which was owned by MTV and still is, was shaping the view of our kids way before we had an opportunity to tell them what what the Bible says was right and what was wrong. So they were learning things from a secular point of view way before we could teach it to them. He goes in verse 70, the very first thing he says when I'm talking about be wise with your time and your training, he says, don't waste time arguing. If you focus on arguing, your goal becomes to win arguments and not relationships. So if you're the type of person that has to be right and you love to play devil's advocate, don't be upset when everybody keeps walking away from your conversation. In fact, let's just be honest, the devil doesn't need your help being an advocate. In fact, what I've learned, especially for you dads, during this generation, during this generation of always having a phone on, always being connected to the world, they don't need you to make them feel bad about themselves. They will do a great job all by themselves. Well, they always look happy when I see them. <laughs> it's fake. <laughs> Not everybody's fake. But we, can, we always post the best version of ourselves. You're like, I know they can be happy. I've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's the version they're putting out there for everybody else to see. They don't have to. What they need is some encouraging, some uplifting, and they need you to, to believe in them. It doesn't mean you don't get on to the wrong. Of course you get on to the wrong, but we don't have to nitpicky over every little thing. Don't spend so much time arguing. In fact, I've seen guys that you get so hurt because every time I try to talk to people, they just walk away. Well, I've been around you and some of you, all you ever are is negative. Everything you say is negative. You're always trying to give the other point of view. That's just frustrating, and and people don't want to be around that. People get enough of that at the job, but they want someone to uplift them, encouraging. You You know who I want to hang around on Monday morning? The people who lift me up and say, Pastor Brian, wow, that was the best sermon, and I felt like I bombed it. I want to be around the people that says, wow, I'm so blessed to have you around my life. I'm like, could you say that again? Because I didn't feel that way Sunday. I didn't feel that way Monday morning. Could you say that again? That would be really great. What kind of people do you want in your life? Let me just say this statement. The world is changed by your example, not your opinion. I thought about just dropping the mic and leaving and then I remembered it had an ear mic and it wouldn't be as effective taking this thing off and just walking away <laughs> The world is changed by your example how you act how you live they're changed by that not by what you say and not your opinion He goes on and says, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. It takes effort, intentionality. It takes sacrifice. It takes planning. You don't become godly just because you hope so. It takes effort. When I lost weight before, it took effort, intentionality, sacrifice. I gained it back. How am I going to lose it again? Effort, intentionality, sacrifice. There's no shortcuts. There's no easy way, you just gotta do the work. The benefits of this life, that's what it says in the same scripture, it says in verse eight, the benefits in this life and the life to come, we train physically, not just to compete, because many of us are training or we go to the gym, uh, but to live a healthy life, to have a healthy body. Spiritually we do the same, we wanna be healthy spiritually, we wanna receive the rewards here and beyond. So work hard to continue to struggle. Training physically, and spiritually both is a continual process and it requires work. Let's go to verse 11. He tells Timothy, he says, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. What's he saying here? Live by example. You are going to live by example. You're going to be an example to people. People are going to repeat and duplicate what you do, not what you say. If you want your kids to pray, let them see you pray. Don't always pass the buck, don't always be the one that says, Who's going to pray? I don't care, y'all pray at Lead the way. Lead the way at home. Lead the way praying. Lead the way. Let them hear you praying over them at night. Don't be so tired that you just sit in your recliner while, while your spouse tucks them into bed at night. Be the one to put them in bed. Tell them uh, you love them and, and pray over them. There's something so powerful when a dad will pray over their children. There's nothing wrong with a mother praying. In fact, most of the prayers that a child hears is probably from his mother. But there's something powerful when a dad will take time, settle in and pray over their children. So I'm gonna give you some things to be an example that's all found in verse 12. Number one, uh, be an example, by the way, but, but with your words. Your words bring life. Your words bring life, encourage people, lift people up, Use your words to lift people up, to speak up to people, not down to people. Because Proverbs 18, uh, 21 says this, the tongue can bring both death and life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I love the way the message says it. It says it this way. It says, words kill, words give life. They either poison or fruit. You choose. What do you want your words to do? What do you want your words to do in the lives of your family, in your spouse, in your kids? What do you want your, your, your words to do on your job? What do you want your words? How you speak, how you do things, how you uh, uh, encourage people matters. Your words are powerful. Don't just point out problems, speak to solutions. Don't just point out faults, speak to potential. Lift people up. Encourage people. Tell them what they're capable of. Tell them what's possible. Give them solutions in mind. In fact, we have a thing in our office that says don't bring a problem without bringing some solutions. If we're just going to pick out problems, I can do that. That's fun. (laughs) Let me sit in their ministry for a little while and point it out, right? No. We want to bring solutions. It's okay to find problems. We get better because we understand that we're not perfect. But come with solutions. Be someone who's speaking up, saying, hey, I've been thinking about it, and this is what I see going on. I think we can fix this by doing this. Live by an example with your actions. Let your actions reflect godly character. Ephesians 4, 22 and 24 says this in the message. It says, since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. You're not ignorant. You're not uninformed. Everything, and he says, I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it and take on the entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself through your conduct, as God accurately reproduces his character in you. He wants you to have his character in you. Uh, We've said this just about every week when Paul's talking to to Timothy. Your character trumps your talent. It It trumps your ability. Character trumps charisma. It doesn't matter how passionate, excited you are. Your character is what will see you through the test of time. I would rather hire a staff member, a youth pastor, a kids pastor, anybody on staff that has great character over someone with great ability and great charisma. We see a lot of people on TV that have great charisma, but when their character comes out, we find out that they've fallen. But character will take them long beyond the test of time. It's your character, it's who you are when nobody else is watching. It's who you are when nobody else is around. It's who you are. Lead by example in your love. Paul tells Timothy this in in, uh, chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 43 through 44. It says, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies and let them bring the best in you, not the worst. When, some give, so when someone gives uh, you a hard time, respond with energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. Love people. Show your love. Be intentional with loving people. Be intentional with the love you show your family. Be intentional with what you show, how you respond to people. If we can't build relationships with our Father, how can we expect to have a relationship With our kids. Doesn't mean they're going to work back, but I'm going to love them in spite of it. If you had the worst father in the world, sometimes you got to love them. Now I realize... Let me, let me preface this with, I realize that some people have been abused, and there are circumstances in that. And I realize that, and God's got a different way of working through that. And we can talk about that on the side on another time, and we can, we can deal with that because God doesn't want anybody to be abused. And forgiving takes a lot of time. Counseling, prayer, takes a lot of things for things like that. But outside of that, some people have walked away from their families entire for Silly little reasons, being frustrated and aggravated in a moment and saying, I'm never coming back, and you meant it, and you didn't. Lead by example by laying down your life. You know what we do as dads? We lay down our lives. We give up, and we sacrifice. Give up control. Dads, here's what we do. We put others, in fact, we put our families above our own interests. We put our family's interest. If if there's one can of beans and we're so broke we can't go buy anything else, guess who's not getting the can of beans? We sacrifice our energy, we sacrifice our money, we sacrifice our time for our family because we put their interest first. Let me just say this, there's nothing more frustrating to a kid when you'll sacrifice and take time away from your family for your job, you'll take extra hours at job just so you can get overtime, but you won't go to any of their ball games. Because you worked not when you had to, you worked when, because you chose to and you chose that over them. Woo! All right, moving, we're going to push through this thing. <laughs> Lead an example in your faith. Faith in God requires action. It requires action. James 2.17 says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. It requires saying, God, I trust you, and I put myself in you. Faith. And then the last thing is lead by example by guarding your heart in your mind. Philippians 4, eight says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep your mind thinking about the right thing. Keep your mind uh, pure by guarding your emotions. Be careful what you watch be careful what you listen to, be careful what you download, be careful what you scroll past, be careful what you swipe past, be sure, be, be careful, guard your heart and guard your mind. It's the gateway to your soul. Let me close with this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, it says, Do not neglect the spiritual gifts. You received through prophecy spoken over to you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the task and so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Here's what I'm telling you, continue growing. Men, continue growing. Dads, continue growing. Follower of Christ, continue growing. Allow your faith to continue growing. Don't neglect the spiritual gifts. Grow in the gifts that God has given you, the, the gifts that God has placed in you. In fact, we are to use our gifts for the kingdom of God. No one is to sit back and do nothing. If you will serve well, your family will serve well. Throw yourself... into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Again, this requires full effort. you got to pull yourself into it and then keep a close eye on how you live. Remember this, dads, you're being watched. Eyes are on you. You're influencing someone. You are leading. And as follower of Christ, it's no different. You are influencing and someone is watching you someone is following you, how you act matters. How you lead matters. How you lead on the job matters. How you lead at home matters. Everything you do, people are watching. You're an example. God understands you're not perfect. There is no perfect dads among us. In fact, we could have a support group called dads and we could all still how the, the times we failed. But that doesn't mean we don't start, that we stop trying. That doesn't mean we stop pushing. That doesn't mean we stop doing better. That doesn't mean we quit. It means we keep trying. We keep getting better. The first time you tried to go out and do anything in your life, you didn't do it well. Keep trying, keep pushing, keep intervening, keep working on it. Never give up. And with God's help, God's gonna use you to be an example that he's called you to be.